Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk once again about Spider-Man. Spider-Man, for whatever reason, is one of those properties that whether we're talking about the video game on the PlayStation or the movie series in the MCU, continues to be a font of interesting intellectual property questions, or at least interesting to me, and I hope very much that they are interesting to you. Before we get into the subject matter today, I do want to point out this is a Patreon-supported channel, and today here at the end of August, we're doing shout-outs to our Patreon sponsors who pay for the privilege, Tavern Keeper and Dragon Girl for August of 2021. And we do have some additional sponsors coming in next month by the looks of things. I want to thank them specifically for helping keep the lights on here, helping keep conversations about the business and law of video games and pop culture going. If you're interested in supporting the channel, please do check out the Patreon, and thanks again to Tavern Keeper and Dragon Girl. Now on to today's topic. Here's a Hollywood Reporter article entitled, Sony Moves Quickly to Block Alleged Spider-Man No Way Home Trailer Leak on Social Media. Now a couple of interesting things are happening in that headline. First of all, if you saw this spinning around Twitter or social media yesterday, Sunday, August 22nd, you would know that part of the reason this article exists is that Sony started moving against these things with DMCA takedown notices, alleging effectively that they have the right to the footage that was being shared, which strongly suggests that you probably don't need that alleged in front of the description of the trailer. But it also means a couple of other things and one of the reasons why I decided to make this video. Let's take a look. Sony moved with lightning speed Sunday as the studio tried to shut down what appeared to be a leaked trailer for the highly anticipated Spider-Man No Way Home, which I think is scheduled to come out in December. The upcoming superhero installment was trending on Twitter as some accounts shared what appeared to be the trailer, while others reacted to the firestorm the alleged leaker might face. Sony did not immediately respond to a request for comment, but apparently Tom Holland put up a you ain't ready on his Instagram, and some tweets that shared the video of the alleged trailer were taken down and slapped with a copyright statement. The media has been disabled in response to a report from the copyright owner. Hollywood Reporter viewed the alleged leak and its contents appeared to be legitimate, However, no specifics will be shared, which of course is anybody's option, whether you're the Hollywood reporter or someone else. You don't have to spoil things, even if you think it's real, but we'll talk about why that specific decision might mean a little bit something different here in respect of this particular story. It says Spider-Man fans have been chomping at the bit for the first look at No Way Home as rumors have swirled about who may show up from previous Spider-Man films. And that's the lay of the land as to what happened yesterday. So No Way Home, supposed to come out in December. Sony, which remember has the rights to make Spider-Man films, so they do it jointly with Disney and the MCU, hasn't put out any information. People really are interested in seeing what this movie actually looks like. And it's interesting that we're now in August and we haven't seen anything from this movie other than this leaked trailer. Now, one of the interesting things that happens with the MCU is because of timing, especially in COVID land, pandemic world, you have issues with advertising movies that probably relate in some important respects to whatever advancing of the ball, either the TV shows or the other movies have done in a way that we don't traditionally see as a problem in marketing films or video games or anything else. They're generally independent, at least within their own series. And we're starting to see when you've got something that changes the rest of the advertising situation that sometimes there's a bit of an issue. So it's not a surprise that this got leaked because there was this anticipation, but people are talking about what's gonna happen to, among others, the leaker. 
Here's Gadgets360 says, while Sony Pictures continues to take down most versions of the leaked trailer, some were still floating around at the time of writing. Other than that, most tweets are fans discussing what might happen to the alleged leaker in the rumor mill in Overdrive as to how this might affect the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer's actual release date. And hopefully one of the things we could do in this video is talk about what's going to happen to that alleged leaker because it's not going to be fun for him or her. Now, in general, what was shown is likely to be true. We can't know that because we don't work at Disney. We don't work at Sony. We didn't look at the trailer in question in these stories, but it seems likely that because of the way Sony is using the DMCA, which again is them saying that they have copyrighted material that has to be taken down because it's a violation of these rules right here on your screen. They get the exclusive rights under the U.S. Copyright Act to reproduce the thing that they made, to prepare derivative works, which could include a video of a video of a video of their trailer, to distribute copies of that work, and everything else that we traditionally talk about. So Sony's going around and saying, hey, if you put this trailer directly on your Twitter or your channel or otherwise, we're going to strike you with a DMCA takedown notice, and that all makes sense. The other thing that's happening is the leaker who might be different from the person closest to Sony that would have had access on an official basis to the trailer materials is maybe also going to be in trouble. So you've got two potential parties that we can see right now that could potentially be in trouble. The person that actually had authorized access to the trailer and somehow let it get out and the person that appears to have made a video of that trailer. And they're going to be in trouble on the first instance because of the contract that they have in all likelihood with Sony or with their visual effects house, whoever it might be that promises that I won't disclose this information that I'm working on that is super secret. And on the leakers side, the video of the video of the video, you get into trouble because you really do have copyrighted work. It's pretty obvious that it is. And we'll talk about that in a second. And fair use probably isn't going to help you. A lot of the times on YouTube or social media, as we talk about in this space and virtual reality, people like to lean on fair use. Remember, fair use is about criticism, comment, news reporting. It's about transforming or otherwise using a piece of copyrighted material that the copyright owner still has those exclusive rights in and doing something different with it, commenting on it. Hey, we're commenting right now on the nature of the trailer. We're obviously not using any of the trailer footage because it's not available in most places on the internet, but we're doing something. We're talking about it. We're criticizing. We're commenting. We're news reporting on these kinds of things and just putting a trailer up isn't going to be doing that. So even though it's not commercial that we know of, it's still a copyrighted work that was made by someone. It's not a picture of a volcano. It's actually a story and somebody spending money to make this thing come to fruition. It's the whole darn thing in terms of the trailer. And then with respect to the effect of the potential market, we get into a weird space because trailers aren't sold, but they are comprised of things that are sold. So you're probably still going to be in trouble and you just have a copyright violation without a fair use defense, pretty much obviously for everybody that's looking at it. And it's worth noting that the fact that it is hidden, it isn't yet published, doesn't get you out of fair use. It doesn't mean you automatically lose the fair use argument as we've talked about in other instances in this space, but it does make it harder for you because the owner didn't want it out in public. You might also be asking if you've been in virtual legality for a while, hey, Rick, you've talked about Sony doing bad things with the DMCA extensively in the past. How is this not the same kind of story? And the answer to that is perhaps a little bit particular from a legal perspective, but it's an important distinction. And that is that when we talked about The Last of Us leaks last year and Sony was DMCAing and takedown issuing to everything, pictures of golf clubs, commentary, just words about what happened in their story. 
We made this series because that's not a proper use of the DMCA. You cannot copyright ideas. And that C in DMCA is copyright. It's only talking about copyrighted materials. So if I'm going to say, hey, Joel and Ellie are abducted by aliens in the first act, that's not copyrighted, even if that's exactly what happens and even if you haven't released your game yet. That's just a simple statement of fact. You can't issue a DMCA takedown notice, or you shouldn't. Obviously, Sony did. And that's what we were talking about there. In this instance, I haven't seen evidence of Sony issuing a takedown notice to people just talking about the trailers. And that's proper. Sony's not thrilled, but that's proper. They appear to be limiting their DMCA hammer right now to those folks that are putting up the trailer directly. But, hey, I put in the thumbnail, is commenting on the Spider-Man leaks a federal crime? And I did that for a very specific reason. And it was essentially going to be something that I did in this series on Last of Us leaks if Sony ever went so far as to go this far. But they didn't. And so I thought it would be a good time to talk to you a little bit about trade secrets. Here's a Cinema Blend article describing the trailer, and I think there's some important stuff here. When I say low-grade version describing this particular leaked trailer, I mean a recording of a TikTok of a recording of a phone recording a watermarked copy. And you see I've highlighted watermarked copy. And if you aren't familiar with these, when you're still working on something or if there's something that isn't supposed to be shared, oftentimes an intellectual property holder will slap a big old watermark either across the front or in the top left corner, wherever it might be, to indicate that this is material that isn't supposed to be shared. And most importantly, from Zoning's perspective, that it's ours. And so that you know, when you look at something like this, that it was not intended for public eyes. And that changes a little bit of something in the world of trade secrets, perhaps the most amorphous, unknown area of intellectual property that the United States has. If you thought copyright and patent and trademark discussions were gray area, then you ain't seen nothing yet. So I've pulled up now 18 USC 1832, the theft of trade secrets. We're going to be talking about a whole number of aspects of this. Whoever, with intent to convert a trade secret, that is related to a product or service used in or intended for use in interstate or foreign commerce. And the federal government has to put what's called an interstate commerce hook in there because the United States government is ostensibly a government that by its constitution can only exert powers that are labeled for it in that constitution. And one of those is the regulation of interstate commerce. So you see a hook like this in almost every piece of congressional legislation. Now, it says, whoever with intent to convert a trade secret that travels in interstate commerce to the economic benefit of anyone other than the owner thereof and intending or knowing that the offense will injure any owner of that trade secret. So we've got a couple of things happening here, which is there are a lot of standards. If you intend to convert a trade secret, and yes, we'll be looking at the definition of that term in just a minute, to the economic benefit of someone other than the person that owns the trade secret, right? So Sony has information about what's going to happen in Spider-Man No Way Home, and that might be a trade secret. We will talk about that. And you intend to convert it, which is legalese for steal it, for the benefit of someone else. So if you were doing it for Sony, you probably don't have a problem with this law. Sony might not have a problem with you. But if you're doing it for someone else and you know that this could hurt them, then this list of things that you do with that trade secret is going to get you into federal trouble. And that list is steals or without authorization, uploads, replicates, communicates, receives, 
knowing the same to be have stolen to have been stolen or appropriated obtained or converted without authorization etc etc and i pulled out various aspects of this but if you steal it yourself you're in trouble makes sense i think everybody can get around that without authorization and sony's given nobody any authorization if you upload it if you replicate it if you communicate that information you might get in trouble and the third one that i highlighted here if you received that information knowing the same to have been stolen or appropriated, obtained or converted without authorization, which is where the watermark is doing some work, right? So you go, you look at the thumbnail, you see this particular trailer. I'm excited about Spider-Man. I'm going to download it. Are you in trouble? You didn't intend to convert the economic benefit to someone else, probably, unless this trailer was being put forth in some kind of commercial context. And you didn't know maybe when you clicked on it that it was in fact appropriated without authorization. But by the time you're watching for 30 seconds, you see that watermark, you know that this isn't something that you should be seeing. So we have to talk about what a trade secret is under the law. And unfortunately, we're not gonna get a lot of extra help. It says the term trade secret means all forms and types of financial, business, scientific, technical, economic, or engineering information including patterns, plans, compilations, program devices, formulas, designs, prototypes, methods, techniques, processes, procedures, programs, or codes, whether tangible or intangible, whether it's just spoken out there in the air or whether you put it on paper, and whether or how stored, compiled, or memorialized physically, electronically, graphically, photographically, or in writing, right? So the term trade secret means, as I've highlighted here, all forms and types of information. For purposes of this conversation, that's all we should think of it as because it includes things like business information. Sony didn't make Spider-Man No Way Home out of the goodness of its heart. It's a business enterprise. They hope it makes a billion dollars. So the information that goes into Spider-Man No Way Home is arguably a trade secret, but it needs to meet two other conditions. What are those conditions? One, the owner thereof, Sony, has taken reasonable measures to keep such information secret. And This one's an interesting one because on its face, you've got a watermark. You've been able to keep it secret this close to release. Presumably you're doing certain things. You've got NDAs between the various parties, et cetera, et cetera. Strikes me that you probably can evidence if you're Sony that you've taken reasonable measures. On the other hand, an enterprising defense attorney might say, well, once it's out there, isn't that evidence to some extent of the fact that your measures were not reasonable because the information got out and was shared across the internet. Now, I tend to lean on the Sony side of this argument because there is no perfect solution to keeping information locked down. You're always gonna have to work with people when you're putting visual effects in a movie. You're always gonna have to work with a lot of them. So a lot of this type of question, did they take reasonable measures to keep such information secret, would come down to a trial type setting or at bare minimum discovery where you're going around and looking at what Sony did or did not do to keep its information secret. The other aspect of that, and this is worth noting, is that trade secrets are kind of a weird bit of intellectual property in that the closer you are to the stealing and the first ring of disclosure, the more exposed you are to a law like this one, because as it gets less and less secret, then you don't have the same obligations necessarily because you're finding these things in the public realm. And that comes out not just in the first condition here, but also in the second where it says the information derives independent economic value, actual or potential, from not being generally known to and not being readily ascertainable through proper means by 
another person who could obtain economic value from the disclosure or use of the information. So again, when you're thinking about this, we're no longer talking about the assets of the trailer, of actual imagery of Tom Holland, of Spider-Man, of whomever else might be in this movie. We're talking more about the intangible concept. If Spider-Man dies in this movie and that got leaked out somehow, then there's value that Sony has in the notion of Spider-Man dying. It's intending for that to be something they can sell to a hungry public to have that story told to them. And if that gets out in certain specific ways, then maybe they can claim that it was a trade secret and they tried to keep it protected and it has this value to them that the story maybe doesn't have if that information becomes widely known before it's released. Note, however, that a release of the movie will end all of this because releasing something publicly gets you completely out of the trade secret rubric. But before it's released, it has that economic value. And if you get a trailer with a watermark on it, if you communicate information about that trailer, just reading this, you're probably under the ambit of theft of trade secrets. Now, I want to say this. I want to make this video because I find it to be interesting. Does it mean that Sony's going to swing around and sue everybody on Twitter that's talking about plot point X, Y, or Z from the trailer? No, it doesn't. Not only would that be very difficult to do and very timely and cost-consuming, it would also look very bad from a public relations and marketing standpoint to effectively sue your biggest fans. And that's always kind of a tension point for rules like this one. But when you've got a federal law on the books like this, it doesn't mean a company won't use it, which is why I bring up the June settlement of what some folks were calling the Pokemon case. If you aren't familiar with this, we didn't cover it in virtual legality before. This is a settlement. So this doesn't arrive at any actual legal interpretation of the laws in question, but it does talk about trade secrets. And we do get a little bit of background here. Paragraph two. The second amended complaint, the complaint document that Nintendo, or more specifically, the Pokemon company brought against this defendant, alleges that a defendant stole trade secrets from the Pokemon company by taking illicit pictures of pages from an unreleased strategy guide created to accompany the release of two highly anticipated video games, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. So Pokemon Sword, Pokemon Shield, they're going to be released. They have to make strategy guides in advance because they want to sell them day and date with the game. And so the people that work on those strategy guides are privy to this information that Nintendo and the Pokemon company would prefer to keep secret because actually playing the games is part of the value proposition to figuring out what's in the Pokedex and everything else. So they view it as a trade secret. And somebody that was working on this strategy guide took illicit pictures of it, unauthorized pictures, presumably in violation of their non-disclosure agreement. Defendant had access to the strategy guide as an employee of LSC Communications, a company hired to print copies of the guide. While at LSC's communications facility, defendant took pictures of the unreleased strategy guide. Defendant shared the illicit pictures of the strategy guide with a friend who also knew defendant Mr. Cruz. Defendant's friend shared the pictures of the strategy guide in a group chat that included Mr. Cruz. And then Mr. Cruz posted the pictures taken by defendant on the internet. Now, I think it's pretty clear to everybody in a story like this one that the person that took illicit pictures, likely in violation of their contract, that person has liability. What you might not realize is that this Mr. Cruz here is the named defendant for the second settlement. And Mr. Cruz is the one that's going to wind up settling for Nintendo. Keep in mind, he didn't take the pictures. He didn't leak the pictures to the forum. He saw the pictures on the forum, and then he uploaded them to the internet. And he wound up with a settlement 
to Nintendo. Based on the party's stipulation, that's a settlement, judgment is entered in favor of the Pokemon company and against defendant on plaintiff's claims for violations of the Defend Trade Secrets Act and Washington, the state of Washington had a like act, the Uniform Trade Secrets Act. Defendant is liable to plaintiff for $150,000 in monetary damages. Now, I don't know the state of watermarks or other things that should have been made obvious to Mr. Cruz about how this was stolen material. Chances are photos of a strategy guide in a warehouse that hasn't released yet is of this type. And I'm also not saying that Mr. Cruz and the other defendant couldn't have potentially won a case saying, among other things, that this isn't a trade secret or other problems with these various laws in question. But his lawyers at some point advised him that that was going to be a long time consuming process and that $150,000 to the Pokemon company was a better solution for the problem that he was facing. So these laws, regardless of how you might feel about their opacity or ambiguity, and I'm with you there, there's a lot here that is just entirely unclear what you mean by trade secret, whether this stuff rises to that, whether just using it and posting it, something on a forum or a comment on Twitter is conversion of economic benefit in the way that the drafters of this law intended. I have all those questions. And certainly by the time we get to without authorization, communicate such information, you also arrive at one of the big, big problems with really all intellectual property law that we've talked about in virtual legality, which is there is a tension between intellectual property, the exclusivity of expression, and of course, one of the very biggest laws in the United States, the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. So if you do have a problem with Sony, if you do have a problem with someone else about leaked materials, you've got a lot of defenses, whether or not it's that they weren't keeping it secret, whether or not it wasn't of economic value, whether anything else might apply to the definition of trade secret, and so it's too broad and unknown, and of course that it's a violation of the First Amendment to have you prohibited from making communications about these things. All of those are at your disposal, but at the end of the day, if you talked about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer yesterday, it might be that you're a federal criminal. Again, this has been August's Patreon-sponsored episode. Thanks again to Tavern Keeper and Dragon Girl. If you are interested in supporting conversations about the business and law of video games, pop culture, and the rest, please do check out our Patreon or other ways to sponsor the channel. We have, I think, thanks and super chats and other things directly in the channel itself. Check those out or just subscribe. Tell your friends we're having these conversations. We love to talk about this stuff in this space. We hope you love hearing about it from us. If you got this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.